0: Now we have the sermon by Mr. Barnett Grayson, A Way of Life and Faith. Good afternoon. When the Son of Man cometh, what will he see? Will he find faith on the earth? There is a calling, and I've mentioned calling out many times in in sermons where we have been called to, in a a special way, to learn of God, to do his will, and then to take that learning and that perfection in Christ and rule in in the coming kingdom that is our aim. There is no doubt that uh, when Christ returns, this world will be on the brink of ruin. There will be a time of trouble such as never was in the history of man. Something that man has never seen before happening. So what we, that is you and I, see in this age today is corruption, lying, cheating, division, rebellion... Hypocrisy, nation against nation, all sorts of troublesome things, which are only the tip of the iceberg. Now, why all this trouble? It's because there is no faith in the word of God, hardly. There is no faith in his way of life. There is no faith in believing that he exists, because as a result, there is no faith. There is no fear in God. His commandments are thought to be done away with. They are thought they, that they are no longer applicable to this day and age. And they're old-fashioned, especially the first four. When you look at the first four commandments that tell us how to love God as a way of life. Now, the other six, of course, you know, people don't want to be stolen from. They don't want to be lied to. They don't want uh, uh, adultery in their life. So in this message today, there is perfection that we look for in the love of Christ and in the love of faith and the love of life that has to do with all of the ways of God. And that's our aim. When you think about a sport like tennis or baseball or even football, you know, you've got to keep your eye on the ball. If you don't, if you take your eyes off of the ball, you're going to lose something. It's, not, it's going to go against you. By now, I think you have a handout. Now, uh, there's a lot of scriptures on there, so don't worry that I'm going to cover every one. I may uh, go on to others or skip over a few, but uh, my cup running over, so uh, I will have a little bit. Uh, at least I'll just try to pour it back in somehow. In James chapter 2 and verse 14. Can faith stand alone? Can your faith be all there is to your life? In verse 14 it says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? What does it profit? Can faith save him? Verse 15, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace be ye warmed and filled notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body what does it profit so you can express sympathy but without help what good is it for that person down in genesis back in genesis chapter 22 abraham had a test and it came to pass in verse 1 After these things that God did test Abraham. He did tempt Abraham. And he said unto him, Abraham. And he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now your son. Your only son, Isaac. Whom you love. And get you into the land of Moriah. And offer him there for a burnt offering. Upon one of the mountains which I will tell of you. So this was startling news, a startling call to action that really startled Abraham at first. But Abraham rose up early in the morning saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and carried the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. That, was, that would be the land, in the land of Moriah. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place far off. He was getting there. He saw it in the distance and knew that he was getting nearer and nearer and must have thought a lot about what he was about to do and what God was doing. And Abraham said unto his young men, abide you here with the, the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. And come again to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering. He laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand. And a knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father. And he said my father. And he said here am I. My son. And he said behold the fire. Look there's the fire and there's the wood. But where is the lamb? For the burnt offering. And Abraham said. My son God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And I know that you're familiar with the story. But I will read these words again. And Abraham built an altar there. And laid the wood in order. And bound Isaac his son. And laid him on the altar upon the wood. So you have to look at these words as maybe looking through the eyes of Abraham and looking through the eyes of Isaac as to what is taking place step by step in, in this, uh, this event here. So it came to a place which God had told him of. Abraham built an altar there and he laid the wood in order and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. So you think, try to see through the eyes of Abraham what he was doing. And through the eyes of Isaac. And Abraham stretched forth his hand. And he took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven. And said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. So at that moment when it was set in Abraham's mind that he was going to slay his son. And God saw that Abraham was ready to obey. Nothing held back. But in time, the angel of the Lord stopped Abraham from slaying his son. And he said, lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that you fear God. You fear God. Sing. You have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. What Abraham did was, you know, very small in comparison to what we might have had to have given up in our life in becoming a Christian. of Becoming uh, a member in the body of Christ. But we, in looking back, we have, you know, given up a few things. We have learned, as we have learned a few things. And each one of us has our own story as to, you know things we left behind in going forward because we know that is it's necessary to do that so Abraham lifted up his eyes and then he looked and behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. So the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your seed shall all nations, all the nations of the earth, be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So we see the faith of Abraham. How that faith led to obedience and trust in the eternal God. So this promise was also kept to Isaac, saying that God would bless and multiply his children and make them a blessing ...throughout the world. Genesis chapter 26... ...verse 4... ...and I will make your seed to multiply... ...as the stars of heaven... ...and will give unto your seed all these countries... ...and in your seed shall all the nations... ...of the earth be blessed... ...because... ...that Abraham... ...obeyed my voice... ...and kept my charge... ...my commandments... ...my statutes... ...and my laws... So, faith alone was not the only thing needed. It had to do with following through in obedience to uh, to God. So, Abraham had faith. He believed in God. He obeyed his voice, kept his charge, kept the commandments, statutes, and the laws. So, faith by itself was not enough. Obedience to Almighty God was included. Abraham's faith was shown by his work, works of obedience. And all that and all the things that he was doing, getting ready to go to to the land of Moriah. Gathering the wood, planning the trip. All of those things, all of those steps of faith that he that he was taking along the way those works of obedience. Lighting uh, and then finally taking the knife, ready to slay his son. So, as we see, in Abraham, he was put to the te- test. James chapter 2. Verse 17. We read where James is saying, Even so faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Yeah, a man may say, you, uh, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my work. So, you know, one person has faith and the other has, he has deeds. But faith cannot be shown without deeds. You believe in the Sabbath, for, for example. But if you didn't uh, worship on the Sabbath day, if you didn't stop laboring on the Sabbath day, if you didn't, uh, by your actions, show that faith, then, you know, what profit is it? What good is it? You believe that there is one God. You do well. The devils also believe and tremble. So it's not just a matter of just believing and having faith in that that direction, because the devils also believe and tremble. But will you know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? We've heard that quite a bit, you know. O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? So we see that Abraham's faith was a result. His, uh, in him, in him obe- uh, obeying God. Trusting in God. Absolutely trusting in God. Verse 22. See how faith wrought with his works. And by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says... Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. For as a body without the spirit is dead, again, so faith without the works is dead also. Romans chapter 4. What shall we say, then, that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found what what was discovered by this? For Abraham... Were justified by works he has whereof to glory, but not before God. NIV puts it this way. What then shall we say that Abraham discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, by those things that he did, he had something to boast about, but not before God. It's, you know, God looks in, in, inside the person. He looks at the faith of that person. He looks at how that person is going to be in obedience to him. All along the way. That, that three-day journey. All along the way. Testing his faith. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God. Verse, this is verse 3. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. In Ephesians chapter 2. We see that grace is the, gift, is the gift of God. And verse 1, And you has he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Talking, you know, to the Ephesians, talking to people like you and me, at one time dead in trespasses and sins, but now made alive in Christ. Wherein time passed, you walked according to the course of this world. We walked according to the ways of this world, According to the course of this world, and some have not really left the ways of the world because there is the Prince of Power in the air, there to deceive, there to uh, give you false uh, things, there to make you walk astray from the ways and the life that we are to have in Christ Jesus. He's the Spirit that now works. In the children of disobedience. So when you look around. Children of disobedience. That's, what, that's where it is. That's where it comes from. Uh, that spirit that now works among them. Among whom also. We all had our conversation in times past. In the lust of the flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh. What we want. You know, and of the mind. And were by nature. By nature the children of wrath. Even as others. We know that man was created in the image of God with the ultimate aim, purpose uh, uh, of of being different as creatures of God, doing doing good works. Verse 4 But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. And then we have in parenthesis, by grace, are you saved? You are saved. And has raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So we see that you know the love comes from the Father and and from the love of, of Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So some would take, you know, uh, uh, we've heard uh, in, you know, uh, among Sunday keepers, I guess we could say. That, you know, grace, you're saved by grace. You don't need to do all of those uh, commandments. You don't need to uh, keep the Sabbath. They still, in essence, do keep the Sabbath. It's a Sunday, but you're saved by grace. You don't need to do anything, as as some say. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works. So we're created in Christ Jesus, in the image of God, unto good works. Which God has before ordained, that we should walk in them. We should walk in them. So it seems here in James 2.17 where we read, it seems that the Apostle James on one hand says even so faith if it has not works is dead being alone and that a man is justified by works and not by faith only and that faith without works is dead and the Apostle Paul on the other hand he says in Ephesians 2 verse 8 through 9 for by grace are you saved through faith and that, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast. James said, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. For James, faith meant uh, a fruitless faith which produced nothing. But he wasn't saying that Abraham achieved righteousness by his works, but that Abraham was shown to be righteous by his works. Good works cannot save, save us, it cannot save you, but they are evidence of one's faith, of one's faith in God, and it's shown by walking in the fruits of his spirit and doing good works of love toward God, which also translates toward fellow man. So it is through grace that we receive salvation you are God's workmanship, each and every one of you, each and every one of us. We are God's workmanship, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, learning to do those things that are pleasing in his sight. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So the New Testament does not do away with the commandments, as you know some have have tried to say they think the commandments were done away by Christ w- when uh, he, at the cross. And that the law was nailed to the cross. And that Christians are under a new covenant of love. Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy the but to fulfill. For truly I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So what law was Jesus referring to? What law was he talking about? He was speaking about the commandments, the Ten Commandments. Verse 19, he says, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But some think, of course, that you know, love is the fulfilling of the law. That's the only requirement, they think. Romans chapter 13 is about love. tells about love in just one brief statement. Love works no ill toward his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. For some, like I said, love is all, uh, all you need, they say. And they may turn to scriptures like First uh, John, uh, John 4, verse 7. Beloved says, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that love he, he that doesn't love knoweth not God, because God is love. It, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that uh, we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now love is important. Love is outgoingness. And it seeks not his own. You can read about what love is when you look at uh, 1 Corinthians 13. So the Apostle John spoke a lot about love. And further on in 1 John chapter 5. We read this. Verse 1. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, is born of God, and everyone that loves him, that begat, loveth him also, that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. So John was confirming what Jesus said earlier about the Ten Commandments, back, back in John chapter uh, 14 saying if you love me Christ said if you love me keep my commandments so love we see is the operative word that magnifies his law that Jesus was referring to over there in Matthew 517 so instead of thinking the commandments are not in our New Testament life today let's you know let's, let's look at it and see if they are there We find in Matthew chapter 5. The 6th and 7th commandments. Against murder. And adultery. Verse 21 of chapter 5. You've heard that it was said by them of old time. You shall not kill. Whosoever shall kill. Shall be in danger of the judgment. So we see the literal. uh, uh, Sin. The literal sin there. But. I say unto you. And this is. To us today, in whom the Spirit of God dwells. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, You fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. So there was a little literal and spiritual uh, uh, order in that day. If you murdered someone, you immediately face judgment. If you committed adultery, you immediately faced stoning. But now, there is uh, the law of love in which it's if you break the law even in your mind or in your heart or in your thought, then you could be held in accounting. So we have to keep our minds pure of these things, of these, uh, this nature that sometimes uh, builds up in us. You shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, whoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery already in his heart. So, in Old Testament days, God required a physical and a visible obedience in the letter of the law, but he magnifies it here in the the New Testament to include our minds and our hearts, also our attitudes and, and our thoughts. So love is the operative word that magnifies the commandments of God, the law that Jesus was referring to. In Romans uh, chapter thirteen, we see where we see the eighth, ninth, and tenth commandment. They're noted here, the commands against stealing and uh, coveting and lying. Verse eight Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this, you shall not commit adultery. And again, uh, we see these commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not steal. Because, you know, these are the things that works ill toward neighbor. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is is the fulfilling of the law. So we've seen at least 5 of the commandments mentioned here. In Ephesians chapter 6 is a, is a commandment about honor, of honoring mother and father, where it says in verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. which is a uh, the first commandment that is you know the foremost commandment with promise which is a pledge or a divine assurance of good as a result because what mom and dad or have teach you or what they have taught you in the past and they may not uh, no longer be here but you honor you honor them by continuing in the things that they have taught you to do and how to act and how to behave verse 3 that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So our behavior is reflective of our parents, good or bad. In Luke chapter four, it says, "You shall have no other gods before me." That's a commandment that we see here because we see we see Jesus uh, resisting temptation to sin. In verse seven, Satan was tempting Christ saying if you therefore will worship me everything or all shall be yours and Jesus answered and said unto him get thee behind me Satan for it is written you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve we know that 2nd Corinthians 4 4 tells us that Satan is the God of this world and he's the reason that there is so much confusion and turmoil in the world as we see today, and he is trying to tempt God's people to forget God's commandments and take what the world has to offer instead, and get caught up in the wicked ways of this world. But Matthew 6:24 says, can, uh, "No man can serve two masters; it has to be one or the other." In Colossians chapter three. The third commandment, do not take God's name in vain. When Christ, who is our life, in verse 4, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children Of disobedience. So you see all of those things. All of of those uh, bad. That God does take note, note of. But we are to mortify those things. In which you also walked sometime. When you lived in them. But now you also put off all these. Anger. Are we putting off anger? Are we putting off wrath? Are we putting off malice? Are we putting off blasphemy? Our filthy communications out of our mouths. Verse 9. Lie not one to another. Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image that created him. To blaspheme is to dishonor God. By taking his name in vain. In an irreverent way. In talk or behavior. While claiming to be a Christian. And living as though he really has no influence in our life or authority in our life. Taking God's name in vain is just basically to live in hypocrisy. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. I don't think I have that one listed on your sheet there. But nevertheless in verse 19. Nevertheless the foundation of God stands... Sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them that are his. He knows them whose thoughts are on uh, the level of his. He knows what people are thinking. And let everyone that names the name of Christ who claim to be Christians depart from iniquity. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're to be as servants of God. That means serving his way, walking in. in, in our life according to his will and to his way. Verse 9, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we see, you know, as you know, generations come, generations go, some will forget God. Some have forgotten God, and their attitudes and their minds have changed, and the light in them, you know, is, is fading. And we can look at this nation that God has blessed, and still blesses in many ways, but is changing. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims to abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So they can, see, so other people see whether or not we are uh, taking God's name in vain or not. They, they see us in our actions. They see us in the way we behave or uh, the way uh, we talk. So we can either turn them off or we can either uh, help them to understand that there is uh, a way. And that way leads to uh, perfection and love in Christ Jesus. I lost my place here. Uh, verse 13, so submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. As uh, mentioned earlier, we are to live peaceably and not be conformed to the wicked ways of this world, so, but yet we must use wisdom, obeying God and not man. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God in a right attitude. So there's a lot of things, you know, that uh, are malicious. We honor God, or we should honor God as though he is our life and Honoring him has meaning to us. Romans 1, graven images. Verse 18 The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. We know better, but you know, sometimes we, it doesn't look that way because. That which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. You know, as some say, oh God, he's just a myth. He's a superstition. He's just like all the other religions that are in the world that have idols that they bow down to. And... Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. And you know that's the reason that they want to deny God. That's the reason they want to say God is, is, is a myth. John chapter 4. I don't have this in your, on your paper. We, we know that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And we know that Jesus is at the right hand of God. so Hebrews 4 we see the Sabbath command we see the rest for he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise and God did rest that is he reposed the Greek word is kataposon which means repose the seventh day from all his works and in this place again if they shall enter my rest seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again he limited a certain day saying in David. Today after so long a time as it is said. Today if you will hear his voice. Harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest. Then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore. There is still to come a rest. A sabbatismus to the people of God. So we see. Where all ten of these commandments can be found in the New Testament, we know that all like commandments it says are righteousness. The commandments are righteous; they are not grievous; they are not done away. And the love, and that love is the operative word. It's at the heart of all all, all of these commandments. In Hebrews eight, chapter uh, in verse ten. Life with God has to be in mind and it has to be in, in, in heart. Verse 10, for this is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. So faith, you know, it says, comes by hearing the preaching of the word. Learning what the gospel of salvation is all about. And when one turns to God in repentance and is baptized, you know, they receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. Now, there is a spirit in the world in which, you know, people know, you know, what's right, what's wrong. But if it's, but it's a righteousness without faith in God. So it's a self-righteousness. Instead of accepting Jesus Christ as personal Savior, it becomes uh, self-righteousness. It's a, and that's the belief of some. When they say that the commandments are done away by Christ. Romans 13. O no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery either literally or in mind. You shall not kill. That is to even do it literally or to hate your brother. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Things of those sorts. Because, verse 10, love works no ill to his neighbor. Romans 3.10 tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we only have to look at ourselves. And it's easy, you know, really to point out uh, what others, uh, people are doing, what their faults are. But we're children of God by faith in Jesus. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith. The same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying. In thee shall all nations be blessed. So you know I was. Once a heathen, but this gospel, the faith of Abraham, made it such that I can be blessed, and we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You know, no man can come into the Father, but by but by Christ, through Christ. I'm going to skip on down. I have five minutes, six minutes to go here. John chapter five, uh, verse eleven. This is the record that God has given to us eternal life. The uh, the uh, spirit to live forever. That's what has been given to us, and this life is in His Son. He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So who is this Savior that is sent by the Father? Acts 16, there is the jailer in verse 30. He asked Paul and Silas, and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, this Paul and Silas said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved and your house. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their uh, uh, stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straightway. So the jailer came to believe in God, That is Jesus. If you look at verse 31. That he was to believe. In the son of God. The Lord Jesus Christ. You shall be saved. And so. Faith. Changed his life. His his way of life. Acts 4.12 tells us that there is. uh, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven. Given among men. Whereby we must be saved. 1 Timothy 3:16 Without controversy and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God was manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the gentiles believed on in the world received up into glory So we see that Christ became Emmanuel that is God with us he tasted death for every man He gave himself as a ransom for each and every one of us. He's a perpetuation of our sins. He bore our sins uh, in his body to the tree. And he became the author of everyone's salvation. And has a personal investment in each and every one of our lives. So in righteousness, we know that Jesus is the same yesterday and today. And that we are to let... Jesus is mine be in us. Because in Romans, fine, I'll just give you this last scripture and drop down to four seven. I don't know if I have that written down. Romans chapter four, verse seven, it says Blessed are those are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And in Christ, you know we that He's our way, and He is uh, the way of life, and He is the way of faith. If we put our faith And our trust in him. They say about a long sermon. You wake up greatly refreshed. Hopefully.